What is going on, Trash Talkers? We are back with another episode for you. Today, we're going to change it up a bit, all right? Today, we're going to go over our top 10 draft picks for our 2020 NFL mock drafts. We're going to provide you with each team, who they're going to be picking, an in-depth analysis of where the team stands and why the picks we have them making make the most sense for each franchise. We're going to jump right into it, so let's get started. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for tuning in. Uh, This is the first video podcast that we have for you, so if you're listening on uh, Anchor or iHeartRadio, feel free to check out the link in in the description. Check out our YouTube page. We're going to start doing a lot more of these. You guys are going to be able to see us. Uh, Really tune in and uh, comment, and we can see exactly what you guys are thinking and saying, Uh, and it'll be great. We're going to be able to do so much more uh, live feeds, uh, live live you know, whatever. So uh, check us out. We're really excited to start doing this. We have a brand new format for how this is going to go today. We're going to start uh, do our mock draft. So if, as you guys might have seen on our website, Nick and I both posted our mock drafts for the 2020 NFL draft, which is right around the corner. I believe it's next Thursday. Um, yeah, we're we're uh, eight we're days right away. Here. We're right eight days here. Away. Um, you know, we're looking forward to, uh, we're going to be live casting that by the way. So check us out on our YouTube channel, make sure to save us. Uh, we're, we're going to be, uh, live casting the entire thing, all three days. We're going to be there for you. Um, and then we want to hear you in the comments, uh, while, while we're live casting, we want your reactions. We want to see what you guys might've done differently. We're going to give our reactions. You're going to hear that live. Um, so that'll be really special for us. Um, so honestly, right now, just to get started, we have our mock drafts. We're going to go, uh, team by team just for the first round of the draft. And we're going to give you who we believe the teams are going to choose a small description about, uh, what we think of them. Uh, and we're also going to give you our NFL comparison, uh, past or present players. Um, and then we're going to do a small debate, uh, whether if we disagree, so uh, I think we should just get started. Um, Nick, I'm going to well, throw it over to you. One, one thing before we do get started, you, you so rudely didn't uh, mention that our website is TrashTalkSportsMedia.com. All one word, TrashTalkSportsMedia.com. So you can go there, check out all of our latest uh, you know, blogs on all the sports news. Um, it, it, ke- it keeps up to date with everything going on. Uh, and as Mike mentioned, it has our pod, uh, our uh, mock drafts on there as well. So you can follow along with the podcast if you want to see our breakdown, our full in-depth look at each player and why we chose them at that position, uh, at that draft uh, spot. So, you know, go go on our website, take a look. We, we'd love it. Let me hear your feedback. Uh, so, you know, let's let's go, Mike. Let's uh let's break down with the first pick. All right. So with the first pick in the 2020 NFL draft. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to select Nick. Joe Burrow. Absolutely yeah, I mean, Joe it's Burrow. Obvious. It's, it's obvious. this is so <laughs> obvious. I don't unless something the only way Joe Burrow doesn't go to the Bengals is if someone trades in the spot. But in our mock drafts, no trades. So at this spot, the Bengals are selecting Joe Burrow. 
Uh, this is clear and obvious. Joe Burrow in his senior year completely propelled himself ahead of Tua, ahead of Justin Justin uh, Herbert. So there, there really is nobody else in this position. Uh, he might not be the best player in the draft, but the Bengals, Andy Dalton is not the, the answer, and they need to replace him as soon as possible. They they brought back AJ Green on that uh, on that tender. And so they're they gotta you know, use these weapons while they have them. If AJ Green is gonna stick around, the only reason he'll do it is if they have a lock at the quarterback position who's gonna feed him the ball consistently. And Joe Burrow is the perfect person to do that. So uh, Joe Burrow, easy number one choice. What do you think? I mean, yeah, obviously I have Joe Burrow here. Again, you talked about this mock draft. For both of us, we made sure we're not including trades. Trades for us are just too hard to predict. You never know what the compensation is going to be. You never know who's going to move up and, you know, what that's going to look like. So we wanted to avoid all of that and just we're going to go with the stock picks of everybody that's available. So trades that have already happened to get into the first round or to get out of the first round, uh, they, they are in here. Um, so just to go back, the Cincinnati Bengals selecting Joe Burrow, it's obvious, right? The Bengals are in desperate need of a complete overhaul. It seems as if they're in constant state of disarray. Um, Burrow is, you know, the clear and obvious choice for the number one pick here. Um, you know, even though there might be a question about his his the size of his hands, wink, um, <laughs> you know, at 6'4", he's 23 years old, he's got the perfect position to uh, lead an organization. Uh, last year, he spent his uh, his time at LSU taking uh, online classes, so he learned what it is to basically uh, make football his full-time job. He didn't have to spend time going to class, you know, balancing that, that schedule that might throw some players off. The, you know, he basically had more free time than he knew what to do with, and he used it to propel himself to become the number one pick in the NFL draft. So uh, my pro comparison, actually, and uh, Nick, I'll toss it over to you. My pro comparison is Andrew Luck. I think he he shows a lot of the same uh, physical traits. Obviously, there uh, was a little more question about Joe Burrow coming out of out of college, but I, I just think that Joe Burrow uh, shows me a lot of what Andrew Luck showed, and hopefully he can stay healthy. Maybe the Bengals can protect him better than Indianapolis did to to Andrew Luck, and he can be the franchise guy for them moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I really love Andrew Luck as an as an NFL comparison. Like you said, he has a lot of those same traits. But who I saw him more resemble, and this might be a stretch at this point, but it, it Drew Brees. I think that the way he's able to throw the rock wherever he wants to, the just the precision he has, the way he's able to command an offense. I think he has a lot of those same aspects. He is a little on the smaller side, not uh, on the smaller side, not at the same size as you know Drew Brees. Um, but he'll have those people around him that are, you know, he, he's probably going to, he's not going to have the same issues Drew Brees did at the beginning of his career with the Chargers. Um, but the more uh, Joe Burrow gets into the NFL, I think he'll be able to present himself as one of the top quarterbacks in the league. And I think he'll eventually, you know, he'll have an AJ Green around him similar to a Michael Thomas. So having an a Joe Mixon like Alvin Kamara, Having similar weapons, I think he'll be able to do similar things that the Saints are able to do with Drew Brees. Um, luckily, Joe Burrow is more uh, versatile. He can run the ball um, more. He can flush out of the pocket more than uh, Drew Brees can. I mean, there is a 28-year difference. Um, but I, I definitely think that 
my, uh, Drew, uh, Joe Burrow could be Drew Brees. Oh, I, I think that's a lofty expectation, but I, I see, I see yeah. similarities in their play for sure. They're def- yeah, there definitely are. And it, like I said, it is a stretch, but I definitely think if Joe Burrow is able to be, develop in that office, offense with uh, the Bengals uh, head coach, I can never remember his name, um, but you know he is the one who held, helped Jared Goff get to where he he was, and then we saw Jared Goff kind of fall off last year, and you know we, we see what he, that head coach did for Jared Goff as the quarterbacks coach in, in LA. So having that, uh, having him help Joe Burrow develop in the, at the next level is it's going to be great, and I think that that's going to propel Joe Burrow as a much better quarterback than we've already seen. Yeah, uh, the coach, by the way, is Zach Taylor. So. Zach Taylor, thank you. All right, so I we have Joe Burrow number one. That's that's great. Uh, let's move on to number two. So who do you have the Washington Redskins at two selecting? Now I have the Redskins selecting the best player in the draft by far. If you know Chase Young is here, everybody else is here, and I if if you're not seeking a quarterback or a specific player, go with the best player in the draft, and that's clearly Chase Young. Chase Young is, you know, arguably better than the Bosa brothers who have been absolutely killing it in the in, in the NFL. Um, I think that he has the potential to be that X factor that the Redskins are looking for to put them over the edge. We watched the the Redskins Patriots game last year, and that front seven was terrorizing the Patriots all game, and it just didn't let up. Now, if you add Chase Young to that. It's going to be unstoppable. If Ron Rivera is able to command the offense the way he was in Carolina, the and the defense is going to continue doing what he does, but now with Chase Young, people are underestimating where this team can go. And I think that that means Chase that that just is a perfect spot for Chase Young, especially with Ron Rivera. He's he's a great players coach. I think he'll help Chase Young create uh, help with that smooth transition into the NFL. I think with all those other young players in the front seven, they'll help as well. It's a perfect spot for him. And in my NFL comparison, it's a lofty one again, but Michael Strahan, I think that he has that potential to live up there. I think Chase Young, we will be saying one day he has the new NFL sack record. I believe he will put up consistent sack numbers each year, you know, you know, around, you know, double digit sack numbers. So Look for that. I think on that defensive line, this man's just going to eat and eat every game. It's it's going to be really hard to stop him, and I, I really look forward to seeing Chase Young with the Redskins. Yeah, so I also have Chase Young going with the Redskins, and um, a lot of speculation happens whether it, the Redskins are going to take a quarterback uh, and pull the plug on the Haskins experiment, um, or if they're going to solidify that defensive line with, like you said, the best player in the draft. So I think if you add Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, and Jonathan Allen as your front four, uh, good luck not only NFC East, but all, all opponents, because the, they're going to get so much pressure with just the front four they're never going to have to use a blitz package ever, and they're just going to drop seven people in coverage and call it a day. I, I don't see how anything else is going to to really uh, amount to that, even if they did select uh, Tua or Justin Herbert at this. It, I don't think it would come to the same fruition that uh, Chase Young could give them on the defensive side of the ball. So with that, I just think that 
Chase Young, he obviously comes from a long lineage of Ohio State defensive ends that are selected at the top or near the top of the draft. Um, last year, he had 32 solo tackles, 16 and a half sacks, six forced fumbles, the most important position for any, uh, in, for any NFL team. In order are quarterback, pass rusher, defensive back, left tackle. Uh, the Redskins have their quarterback in Haskins as of right now. That could change. Um, but they also made the trade for uh, who was the Panthers quarterback? Kyle Allen, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they made the trade for Kyle Allen, so they have a, a backup plan in place. Um, and, you know, Ron Rivera will use this year to evaluate Haskins. He's going to see what he's got in, in the young player. And if it's not... If Haskins is not the answer, they're going to reevaluate, and you know their their selection next year will be a little different. Um, my pro comparison is also lofty for for Chase Young. I have him compared to Julius Peppers. I think Julius Peppers is um, especially under Ron Rivera, right? One of the <laughs> uh, the premier defensive ends that we've seen in our generation. Um, he consistently was able to get pressure in any scheme. Uh, he got he set the edge every single time. He was able to just create havoc and uh, really really test offensive lines and you know any offensive coordinator who had to face Julius Peppers in his career was not uh, was not getting a lot of sleep before uh, before that game. So I think this is the perfect position for the Redskins to be in and, and select uh, Chase Young. Yeah, the I, I thought about Juli- uh, Julius Peppers and I I saw that a lot um, when you know searching through the internet. The one thing I really have an issue with is the size comparison. Julius Peppers was able to use his size to his advantage and. Chase Young isn't as big. I believe he's like 6'2", 6'3". Um, he might be a little bit bigger. But he he isn't as... Um, he isn't more of, as much of a finesse guy. He's not going to create those spin moves or, or you know, swim around you. He's he's going to go through you. He's going to use his speed to get around you. He's he's more bullish in that aspect. And and that's where I saw differences. He, he's, he, he has that more tenacity, and he's going to play with a lot more aggression... Julius Peppers was very, you know, he 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 made you know looked at his the defensive uh, the offensive tackles as his prey and just looked for their weaknesses and looked how he could expose them and I think that Chase Young isn't going to care as much about that he's just going to spot them and, and with his quick feet he's going to either run right through them or run right around them and I think that's where his his strengths really come into the play. Um, especially if you're handling other defensive tackles on that line. Um, so I, I think that that's why I strayed away from a guy like Julius Peppers as a comparison. I, I find it more about the not the the body type or the play type for for the Peppers comparison, but more about uh, the production and what he's going to bring to the team. Like they may get it done in different styles, but they're both going to get it done. And I, I think that was the biggest takeaway from, from watching tape on uh, both Julius Peppers and Chase Young. It was making, like, seeing that they can both do it. They play to their strengths. They don't stray away from what works. And th- they're consistent about their play style. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I mean, th- these were probably the two, you know, give giveaways in the draft. I don't think and there's, any, there's no surprises here. If there are, then whoever you're... You're thinking of just you know forget it. It's that's not going to happen. It's these two picks. These are pretty much set in stone. It, it's uh, there really is no other options here. 
Um, but, you know, moving on uh, with the third pick, this is where things start to get interesting. The Detroit Lions have a lot of holes they need to fill. And they have there's so many different players that could that could go here. I think with the versatility of Isaiah Simmons, he makes the most sense for me here. He makes the perfect sense for a guy like Matt Patricia, who is a you know trying to recreate that Patriot way. And what did Patriot the Patriot way love more than anybody? A multi-way player, a player who can play multiple positions. And Isaiah Simmons, he can play corner, he can play safety, he can play linebacker, he can you know, playing coverage, he can rush the passer, he can, you know, uh, help in the run game. He's a do-it-all defensive player. There really is nobody like him in the NFL right now. Um, Isaiah Simmons, with that versatility, he can help fill a lot of their holes. Uh, and he, Matt Patricia can play him wherever in different schemes, and I think that's why the Lions would select him here. Isaiah Simmons just, with his athleticism, athleticism, it's something we really haven't seen before, and I think that's something you really can't overlook. I think that weighs too much um, when looking at these prospects, and so Isaiah Simmons to the Lions makes perfect sense. My Now, like I said, it's hard to make an NFL comparison for a guy like Isaiah Simmons, but I have Levante David. Levante David, he he's mostly known as a coverage guy. He He's not... You can't really think of Levante David now as he's aging in his career. He's not as fast. But at the at the prime of his career, he was a great pass rusher as well. He had the speed to keep up with any tight end. Uh, he could, you know, help in the run game. He he was sort of, he was on that level of Isaiah Simmons where he could do mo- most of anything on the field, uh, whatever you asked of him. And I think Levante David makes the most sense as an NFL comparison. But I think Isaiah Simmons, throughout his career, will become uh, a more versatile weapon than Levante David. Yeah, I just you know. So I'm going to start off, I don't like the Lions pick here. Um, and like like I said at the beginning, and like you said, we didn't make trades. Um, but I, I do think that the, the Lions will be trading out of this pick. I just don't see how they can take somebody at three. I think they need to accumulate as many uh, assets as they humanly can before uh, during this draft because they need, a, they need to fill a lot of holes. And they're in a prime position to move back with somebody like Miami or, um, you know, somebody else who's, who might want to move up that has multiple first round picks or multiple picks that they can give up in the early second round as well. Um, so with that said, I, because I have the Lions picking here, I have them picking, uh, Jeff Okuda. I think Okuda is the perfect, uh, I think he's the perfect replacement for Darius Slay, and he's coming in fresh. He does he doesn't have an attitude. Um, uh, Matt Patricia can do what he wants. He he likes the the longer type corners. Um, obviously, he has uh, a really good uh, rapport with some of the um, defensive players that he's brought in from New England, and you know he's continued to do so over the last few uh, off seasons. I think Jeff Okuda just makes too much sense here. Um, I understand a player like Isaiah Simmons maybe maybe being a pick, but I I don't know. Um, you know, going back to the priority of players, they they have their quarterback and they have well they have some pass rushers, but essentially Jeff Okuda is the best, the next best available player. I I'm not sold on the hype for Isaiah Simmons this early. Uh, I think that I need to see more of him, and I just don't think that Detroit 
is going to be able to pick him um, at this point in time. I, I just don't think that they would want to. Um, obviously, Okuda, he ran a 4.4840. Uh, he had a 41-inch vertical jump. He's six foot one. Um, he's incredible with closing catch windows and um, just an- his anticipation on the ball is absolutely incredible. And my pro comparison for him was Patrick Peterson. Um, Patrick Peterson showed a lot of the same stuff coming out of college. He and has proven to continue to do it in the NFL, uh, which is why he is consistently one of the top cornerbacks that we talk about in the NFL. So I, I, I honestly think that Jeff Okuda can really be a franchise cornerstone on the back end of the defense for a team. And I think Detroit needs that now more than ever if Matt Patricia wants to continue to keep his job as head coach of the Detroit Lions. Now, the one thing I thought of when a, a lot of people, you know, it's a very similar pick to what most people have here for the Lions. Okuda is a great prospect. I think he'll he'll be great in the NFL. But when you look at this roster... They lost Darius Slate, but before they lost Darius Slate, they filled that position with Desmond Trufant. And I and they already have other guys like Deshaun Shedd who are able to back him up and and play those other roles. I think Trufant, if he can stay healthy, that's you know, you've got to put an asterisk there. If he can stay healthy, he is uh, an elite court, a corner in this in the in the league. I di- completely disagree. I don't think he's an elite corner at all. I think those days are well behind him. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. So the the if is the biggest font you can find because Yeah, I mean he, Darius Slay also hasn't been able to stay, you know, healthy either. He, he's had a lot of injuries. He's had some injuries nagging, but he was still able to play through it. He still played in at a Pro Bowl level. I mean, he he put out uh you know, look, just look at his resume. He put on quite a show and that's why, uh, Philadelphia was, was willing to, uh, take him even with the character issues that some people might say that he has. Um, I, I honestly just think that, uh, right here, you, you know, Desmond Trufant, he's a good number two. I don't think you can really rely on him. I like, uh, Deshaun Shedd a lot, but I, I think they need a, I think they need a consistent, piece at the cornerback position and you saw what what Matt Patricia was able to do when he had good corners in New England he was able to really get the most out of his defense because he likes to leave one corner on an island and then shade his number two corner with with the safety help I think if you can do that in Detroit he's gonna he's gonna get a lot further than having somebody like Isaiah Simmons who is the Swiss Army knife and can do it all yeah, I just think with a team like the Lions, there's just so, you have too many holes to fill. And I think if you if you have a guy who can move around in different packages, I think that makes the most sense. But you know, Okuda would make a lot. Of, uh, he he would make sense. He definitely would. Um, you made a good argument for him. Uh, I I just you know there, there's different ways the Lions could go here. You know, we, this is this is one where it, it'll be interesting, but. Um, you think the you think they'll go with Jeff Okuda? I think we'll go with Isaiah Simmons. Now for the Giants, uh, th- this is also another one where things are up in the air. They could definitely move out because uh, there are multiple holes they need to fill, and there are other players that probably aren't worth this this spot. Um, but they they could go here. Now I have them picking Jedrick Wills and. I look at their offensive line and I see Nate Solder, who has not been the same offensive tackle since he a got that huge contract from the giants and left 
Dante Skarnakia's, uh, you know, offensive line room with the Patriots. Not been, he has not been the same person. And then I look at the other side uh, at the right tackle. I believe it's like Nick Wilson or something to that effect. It's it's a no-name right tackle who's been in this league for, I believe, two or three years now, has absolutely done nothing. He has been a nuisance to the, the quarterback by just letting everybody blow right by him. If you're able to add a guy like Jedrick Wills, who is a top-tier pass protector in this draft, that that's going to help keep your investment from last year upright. He'll be able to create plays for your offense, get things get things going. Saquon Barkley will be even bigger of a threat because he's not the only person that the defense is looking at every play. So I think if you can pair Jedrick Wills with Nate Solder as the bookends, or even you know remove even if you remove Nate Solder from the equation, if they were to move on from him uh, and put Jedrick Wills there, I think that's so much of an upgrade of an improvement for the giants. I think Jedrick Wills makes the most sense. And my NFL comparison for him is, is uh, Jason Peters very similar with their pass protection skills. They're able to do it in the run game, but they're going to really stride a strive in that, in that pass protection. They're not going to allow many sacks um, if any um, each season. So I, I think Jedrick Wills makes, he, he's, he's my pick for the, for the giants here. Yeah. I mean, we have the same idea. I don't have Jedrick Wills. I have Tristan Wirfs. So offensive tackle, I think, is a really big need for the New York Giants. Uh, you you said it really well. Um, Nate Solder hasn't been the same since leaving New England. The right tackle is very uh, he it very weak. It's a very trash. weak position for them. He's just trash. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, my my idea with Tristan Wirfs is that he sh- he could replace the right tackle and they can work with Nate Solder even more. So I, my pro comparison for Tristan Wirfs is Lane Johnson. We've seen what he can do on the right side for the Eagles. I mean, he is just, uh, he's a lockdown right tackle. Nobody really gets away from him. And, and one of the biggest things between the two of them, they're extremely fast. So if you're running, um, you know, with Saquon Barkley in the backfield, you've got some good run packages that you can swing out wide and he's gonna, he's gonna beat a lot of, uh, inside and need some, uh, even some outside linebackers, uh, to the point of attack. And he's really going to get ahead of, uh, ahead of the game. So that's going to be a really good pick, uh, for Saquon Barkley in that running game. I think that's one of the biggest, uh, points of emphasis that the Giants are trying to make is they they want to not only protect Daniel Jones, but they also want to make sure that they have the right type of scheme and fit in front of Saquon Barkley, who they know that they're going to have to lean on as their as their guy until Daniel Jones really comes into his own. Um, so I think they're going to try to do as much work uh, as possible to get Nate Solder up to snuff. Uh, and then they're going to put Tristan Wirfs on the right side, and they're really just going to lock down that offensive line. Yeah, I mean, Tristan Wirfs, I, I definitely, he, he would make sense at this position. I just think um, with, with the system they run, Saquon Barkley has shown that he doesn't really need as much offensive line help as other teams do in the run game. Um, so I think you, you look for more, more of a pass protector to me, Tristan Wirfs. Like you said, he he is the next Lane Johnson. He has the speed to get to the next level really fast. He showed that in the combine, and so I don't think that's a, a style that a, of a tackle they need. So I think more of a pass protector would make sense here. Yeah, I I, I understand that. All all you know, I'll, I think that 
obviously, like I said, you know, Daniel Jones needs to stay upright. That's got to be uh, your obvious yeah. point of contention here. But I, yeah. honestly, I, I think that, you know, if they can get somebody who can do both, I, I really think that they need to focus on that more more than most teams. I think that they, they're in a unique position at this point where they can fill two holes at one uh, and really, really bolster that offensive line. So. Yeah. Either way, the Giants go. They're really not going to make a mistake here. Uh, it's really hard to make a mistake with any of the pretty much the top five tackles in this draft. So uh, whichever way they go, there's a clear improvement for their offense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so moving on, the Dolphins. Very you know interesting situation. They have they they are trying to do one of the quickest turnarounds in the NFL I've ever seen. They have spent over $250 million so far this offseason getting free agents on that team, on that roster, and they are doing an incredible job, if I may say so myself. And they they know they are doing exactly what they set out to do, and why is that going to change here? They've wanted to attack of Iloa this entire time. They didn't get the record they wanted to, but so they fell a little bit in the draft. But, you know, things kind of work out the way they do, right? And Tua kind of fell into their lap here at five. They are able to pick him up, uh, fit him right there in his in their offense. You know, he, he's going to fit perfectly with Devontae Parker. And, you know, they have two other picks right behind this in the in the first round to go get him more offensive weapons to build this offensive up, offense up. Most of that $250 million was spent on the defense defensive side of the ball. So they're able that that pretty much secured that um, as far as the first round goes. So now you can focus most of your attention on the offense, and that's where two two is going to be around young players just like himself. They're going to be learning the offense together. They're going to build that strong bond, that chemistry. No one's going to be you know looking at him like oh you're the new guy because they're all the new guy. They're all new in Miami, and and that's going to create for perfect situation. We 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 just saw his virtual pro day. He looks really good. I'm not going to lie. He looks really good. I, I don't see any issues with, you know, the hip or anything of that sort. Um, so I think if they really needed him to go out on day one, he would be ready. Um, but Tua, I think, will be their pick here. I think he is their pick. Uh, he's their franchise quarterback. Uh, and he reminds me a lot of Kyler Murray. He, you know, size-wise, they're similar, but they're able to sit in the pocket. They're able to read the defense. They're able to make the play, throw the ball wherever they need to. And, but if they have to, they can extend the play. They can run flush out of the pocket. They can make plays with their feet. They can get to that first down marker. They can. They'll do what they need to do. They have all that the athleticism needed by the quarterback position. And I think with you know a young coaching staff in uh, in Miami that'll be able to help Tua a lot. I think he'll he'll thrive in this position. Yeah, I mean, I also have Tua here. I think the tank for Tua has finally culminated in the Dolphins getting exactly who they wanted. Um, yeah. You know, it's just funny how things kind of happen like this. Um, you know, he obviously Tua took over for Jalen Hurts. Uh, Hurts kind of went his own path down at Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, Tua made his name for himself. Obviously, with the hip injury that he suffered against Mississippi State, things kind of went awry. But, again, here we are. The Dolphins didn't get the record they wanted. Tua got hurt, so he's going to drop a little bit. And, here, you know, it's just the... They were meant to be. Let's just put it that way. Things were meant to be, and they happened. So, um, obviously, he put out that video. He's progressing really well. One thing to note, and it actually just happened today, Dennis Pitta, the former tight end for the Ravens, went on ESPN today talking about how he had three 
um, hip dislocations in his career and how that has affected him not only when he was playing but in post NFL life. So it is definitely something to to watch out for because if he dislocates that hip again, it could limit not only his ability to play but his ability to, to walk and have a functioning life outside of football. So they really need to be cautious with him. Um, and I think they're you've seen a lot of that. They're trying to bolster the offensive line. They're trying to make sure that he has weapons around him so he can get the ball out quickly. They're going to try to develop a scheme around him that works uh, to his, uh, his strengths and make sure that, you know, Anywhere uh, he goes with the ball, he's going to be protected. So, I, honestly, I think the Dolphins, uh, you know, have done everything that they need to to, to protect their investment into Attack of Iloa. Uh, my Peru comparison for him is Carson Wentz. Uh, to me, they throw the ball very similarly. I think they have very close play styles. Uh, I like the the way that they both play the, play the game. They both have, you know injury concerns. Um, but overall, I just think that Tua can, can be what everybody thought that Carson Wentz is going to be. Um, and both of them ha- are young and they have a lot to, to give to this league. So I'm very interested to see how that goes. I really hope that uh, Tua doesn't have the same injury history as Carson Wentz in the next Yeah, level. I don't either. And, uh, and <laughs> I hope it stops for Carson Wentz too. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I'd love to see both of them healthy because I think they could be real big assets for the NFL moving forward. Definitely, definitely. So moving on, the the Chargers, uh, they, they've been an interesting one this offseason, right? They uh, moved on from Phillip Rivers. They parted ways, said, we don't want you back. Uh, and he kind of felt the same way. He had moved his family to Miami, uh, got out of L.A. as quick as he possibly could. And then they had some other holes to fill on that on that roster. A big thing was Philip Rivers was sacked what like forty times last year. It was absolutely insane that that offensive line gave him so many, you know, just kind of got in his head so much where he he was just throwing the ball away or you know into double coverage whenever he he didn't need to because he always sensed that somebody was around him because he just couldn't trust that offensive line. Um, and that's why the, the Chargers, ha- they can go in different positions here. Uh, and they, they've they said that they're you know not going to pick up a free agent quarterback, but I think that's where they turn to the draft. I think that's where Justin Herbert comes into the play. He is uh, has the prototypical quarterback body, in my opinion. He, at 6'6", six six, 240 pounds, um, he is able to throw the ball... 80 yards down the field with just, you know, a flick of the wrist. It's just, it's surreal how easy it comes to him, how well he's able to throw the ball off his back foot, you know, you know, lopsided. He can, he can do it in any position. And, you know, with his ability, he ran a four, six, eight, I believe at the combine. So he's another one who's able to get out there and run around if he has to. And he'll go bulldoze some guys if he, if, you know, like a Cam Newton or Josh Allen, so that's why I have him uh, here. You know, I think his NFL comparison is Josh Allen. I think that they are they look identical uh, as far as uh, you know physical attributes go. I just think that Justin Herbert has a lot more upside in his passing game. I think that he'll come into the league at a higher level than Josh Allen did. So I think that you know put putting the the physical traits aside, I think that. 
Justin Herbert offers a lot of mental fortitude that uh, people aren't giving him credit for. They think that, oh, he's a, a homegrown kid from Oregon, went to Oregon. Uh, he, he really doesn't know anything outside of that culture. Uh, and I just think that's completely untrue. I think wherever he'll go, he'll be able to fit in uh, and develop within that um, offense. And I think this is a great one for him. He he looks like the sunshine kid. He'll, he'll belong. He'll he'll go great in that LA uh, culture. So I think Justin Herbert to the Chargers. He'll help them. Uh, he'll he'll be surrounded by a ton of weapons to right off the bat. So that'll be great for him and his development. Uh, Justin Herbert is going to bring this Chargers team pretty close to where they were a couple seasons ago, uh, where they you know were. Uh, looked like they were going to beat the Patriots, you know, going into that uh, divisional round game. Uh, I think that that's where he'll bring them to start. And then, you know, once they get more weapons around him, fix that offensive line, I think that he'll this Chargers... progress from there. And... Absolutely. This Chargers uh, team has the potential to go to a Super Bowl. Yeah, so, I mean, I have Justin Herbert here. Again, uh, not a big surprise. Chargers need a quarterback. They said they're going to ride Tyrod Taylor. They might for this season, but they're going to have Justin Herbert on the roster as well. Um, I think that they're going to uh, select their quarterback for the future. Obviously, we've seen what Buffalo has done with Josh Allen. I I have Josh Allen as my pro comparison as well. Um, I'm not going to reiterate everything that you said because we're basically on the same path here. Um, You know, the only issue I find with Justin Herbert um, and Mel Kuyper talked a, a lot about this, but I saw it when I looked at his tape as well. He looks like he's aiming the ball at times, and I think they, whoever the co- the quarterback coaches, they they need to work on that because he can't. He needs to just let. He, he has the arm talent. He needs to just let loose. They he can't be aiming the ball and hoping for the best. You know, that's when he got himself into trouble at Oregon, and that's why he's kind of dropped. I think he could have been the top talent heading into this draft if he if he didn't have that technical question surrounding him. Um, there, there was a lot to it, and I just think that Justin Herbert has incredible talent, incredible skill, and he's going to go a long way in this, in this uh, league for sure. Yeah, I think that... Uh, Josh Allen still has a lot of potential to become a top quarterback in this league, but I think right out of the gate, Justin Herbert is going to be on such another level. And I think he'll come to this league more as a Cam Newton where he did. So I I think that Cam Newton might be a better comparison for him and uh, what he is able to do. You know, maybe one day he is the the MVP of the league. Uh, who, Who knows? Right. Um, you know, the trend is second year players. So maybe uh, <laughs> 2021, <laughs> uh, now moving on to the Panthers, uh, they don't have as many holes to fill. So this one seems pretty straightforward to me at, at least. Um, they lost, uh, they, well, they released Josh Norman a few years ago. Uh, he went to the Redskins and then they had James Bradbury step up and he kind of came into his own the last couple seasons. He became um, a, an above average corner. I wouldn't say he's elite by any means, um, but he definitely has, he still has potential. He's young. He's about 26, 27 years old. Uh, he has, he has, um, but they, he wanted to get paid. The Panthers didn't want to pay him. So he moved on. The Giants signed him, um, gave him what he wanted. So now they're, their corners are empty. They, they need to fill that position. And Jeff Okuda is still on the board for me. I think that Jeff Okuda is the clear plug-and-play for the for the Panthers. He will come in. He will be what better than James Bradbury. He'll be 
what J- Josh Norman was when he was a Panther. I think he'll fit in that system perfectly. To me, Jeff Okuda has such a, you know, the way he breaks down, the way he looks at his opponent, it's unlike any other person I've really ever seen in the NFL. Uh, he He kind of, he always thinks he's better. His confidence is just so superior to every every other player, and he knows he's going to defeat you on every play, and that definitely gets into his, his opponent's heads, and that's how he's able to get in such great positions. He, besides his physical attributes, he's, he, he's able to stay with anybody pretty much um, with those physical attributes, running a, a sub-4-5. Um, he's 6-6-1, six, six, and you know he's able to help out in the run game, but... Going back to his, his mindset, he is just he he knows how to defeat you before the play begins, and I think that is going to resonate at the next level so well. And I think that's why I I have his NFL comparison as Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson was somebody who had the physical attributes to keep up with anybody, even if he got burned, he was able to to catch up to him. And I think Pat, Jeff Okuda is not going to necessarily have to catch up with anybody because. He's going to know what's gonna what's gonna occur based on you know him getting inside the the head of his opponent. It's kind of you know you know it's not easy for me to explain it, but I think Okuda just it's just an aura that he has sort of to Joe Burrow. It's just something that he that resonates off of him that makes you believe he's going to win on every occasion. Somebody that you don't want to throw his way. And I think that's why he's going going to be an elite corner in this league one day. Yeah, I mean, I think that Jeff Okuda would would be, make a a great acquisition for the Panthers. Uh, obviously, on my side of the thing, uh, as my side of the board, he's already been selected. So uh, I think we're you know we've done kind of a swip swap. Uh, you know, you you had Isaiah Simmons to the Lions, and I had Okuda. Now you have Okuda. Guess what? I have Isaiah Simmons. I think Isaiah Simmons is the the perfect lock for this Panthers defense. You talked about how they lost, you know, um, uh, Josh Norman, James Bradbury hasn't really worked out, that sort of thing. The, I think the biggest loss is that they don't have Thomas Davis and Luke Keekley just retired. I think they need to replace the middle of that defense, and I think Isaiah Simmons can do all of that. I think he can do everything. So you talked about how much of a Swiss Army knife that he is. I think I think he needs to be that for the Panthers, and obviously, you know, there's a new defensive structure in Carolina now that Ron Rivera is gone, but... Isaiah Simmons is going to be the guy that's going to be the captain of that defense. He's going to be asked to do a lot of different things. He's going to um, have to play to to his measurables. He's six foot four, two hundred and thirty eight pounds. He's got a four three nine forty yard dash. His speed, strength, and athletic prowess is exactly what the doctor ordered for a defense in desperate need of a playmaker at the second level. I think um, Simmons will take over very nicely for Keekley. He'll provide the Panthers with top-tier gameplay, and uh, I just think that he is going to be the next top-tier linebacker uh, pseudo-coverage player that you can find in the NFL. I think that the Panthers really get, get a uh, defensive stalwart, if you will, at this point. Yeah, a guy like Isaiah Simmons, he'll fill a lot of holes on that. Yeah, like you said, Keekley's gone. Oh, he he played a little bit of slot corner in college. So if he needs to play, you know, a little uh against wide receivers, he can help out there. 
he can help out with their safeties. Um, you know, they they lost. I believe they lost Trey Boston a couple of years ago. Um, I don't know who else they have there at safety. So he can he's plug and play at different positions. If he falls to seven, he's an absolute steal. I think that Isaiah Simmons, if teams early on pass on him, wherever he goes, will be an absolute steal. So Isaiah Simmons to the Panthers would make would would be great. Um, yeah. So let's move on to number eight with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I'm going to – we we have the same, I believe. And, um, we don't. Well, oh, okay. So I have uh, Jedrick Wills' offensive tackle. So this, uh, is another, this is another one where we kind of switched. We had the Giants – so at the Giants, I had Wills and you had Worfs. So now I have Worfs and you have Wills. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, I'll give my reasoning for Worfs real quick. Uh, like I had mentioned earlier – Worfs is with his ability to get to the second level extremely fast and be able to be a pole tackle. I think with a guy like Kyler Murray as your quarterback and Kenyon Drake as your running back, he'll be able to to create holes out in space really well for them. He'll be able to do what Lane Johnson was doing for Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders last year. So I think he has that um, upside to him, and when you have a, an extremely mobile quarterback, I know Kyler Murray played a lot of, uh, you know, he was a pocket passer last year, but being able to use his abilities to flush out of the pocket, you'll want a guy like Wirfs who's able to get outside if there's a linebacker humming the sideline, he'll be able to to get from his tackle position to the sideline extremely extremely fast to to help protect his quarterback. Or if he needs to, if if it's a toss uh, to the to Kenyon Drake, he'll be able to get outside and get to that second level or third level, whatever he's asked to do. He'll be able to do that extremely well and extremely fast. And I think that's where I think his speed to me speaks the most. And mm. I think that's why I have him going to the Cardinals here. And my NFL comparison is Lael Collins. I saw what Lael Collins. That that man is able to you know get eighty yards down the field. He he's right there with the running back. Uh, he's got that freakish speed. I think Tristan Wirfs has that ability too. I think he'll be able to help Kenyon Drake out and and Kyler Murray. Yeah, I mean, so like I said, I have Jed, I have Jedrick Wills. I think that um, you know protecting Kyler Murray and uh, being somebody you can rely on in both the pass and the run game, um, he he can do it all as well. And I think that he is best suited on the left side of the line. I, I think that's really where you're going to see him shine. Um, I have him pro compare. I have his pro comparison uh, as Jason Peters. So I think he's just a big body. He is going to just, he's going to maul the defender in front of him. Um, but let's not take sight. Uh, let's not take away. The Cardinals made, I would say the biggest move outside of Tom Brady going, uh, going, they made the biggest move of the entire offseason. Um, but, you know, obviously DeAndre Hopkins being there, they really are trying to make an emphasis on that passing game. And I think Jedrick Wills is, is the perfect complement to keeping uh, their first-round pick from last year upright to pass to their second-round pick, if you will, uh, <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, how they were able to keep the number eight overall pick and acquire DeAndre Hopkins should just go to the absolute uh, madness that's going on in Houston, but also be looked upon in Arizona as just the grace of God looking down upon all Cardinals fans because 
this they are now in prime position not only to compete in their division, which I think is the strongest in the NFL. Um, I I think they can possibly compete with the Saints and the uh, the uh, Buccaneers and some of the top tier teams in the NFC to to uh, represent in the uh, Super Bowl. So. Yeah, the, the yeah the Cardinals are another one that you can't really sleep on. They're they're so much better than they were last year. Kyler Murray is going to take a huge step from what year one to year two. Uh, th- this isn't going to be the same team. We're going to be looking at the Arizona Cardinals th- this upcoming season like we were back in 2009 when Kurt Warner was there. It- it's going to be up there with that elite-style offense. Now that DeAndre Hopkins there, you've solidified the bookends pretty much at the uh, on that lo- offensive line. You've got uh, Kenyon Drake who's putting up 150 yards a game and Kyler Murray who can do it all. So th- there really is no limit to what the Cardinals can do. They are going to give the 49ers a run for their money. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so for the Jaguars uh, at number nine. Now, they, I, I for a lot of uh, the offseason, I had a different pick here. Um, I thought they would go with a, in a different position. But now that Calais Campbell was moved for a fifth-round pick to the Baltimore Ravens, and they, Marcel Darius is still a free agent. It doesn't look like they're going to be signing him back. Um, you've got, you know, Jonathan Allen. Um, that's, I'm sorry, not Jonathan Allen. You have um, Josh Allen. Josh Allen on that defensive line. Um, you you have, um, right now you have Yannick Ngakwe. Who knows what's mm-hmm. going on? He's, he's preaching pretty much every day on Twitter for his release, or not for his release, for his uh, a trade. Uh, from the team, he doesn't want to be there. But right now, if things stand, if you have Yannick Ngakwe and Josh Allen on both sides of the defensive line, you need to fill the middle. You need a big body in there, and who better than Derek Brown? This guy is an absolute absolute mauler. He can he he is going to be a terror terror. He's going to be a top tier defensive tackle, and it's going to be that much simpler for him because he has two you know titans on the on the ends that are able to you know. Be, they're going to be double teamed. They have to be double teamed if you know they don't want their court. If the offensive doesn't want their quarterback to be sacked, but then Derek Brown, you you really can't forget about him. And as a young guy, he he is definitely going to you know people aren't going to you know look at him twice and they're going to be like oh you know young guy he isn't you know he's new to this league well e- easy to handle. But interior lines are going to struggle with this man. He is a big body. He. It was consistently getting you know four or five sacks a season, which is great for a defensive tackle uh, in college at Auburn. So I think uh, my NFL comparison is Dabakin Sue. He's going to be extremely disruptive. He's going to uh, it, it's going to help that he has the, the, those defensive ends there to help, but he really doesn't even need them. He's that good. He can split def- he can split the guard in the, in the center. Um, you know he he'll be able to push right through them, swim around them. He he is an extremely athletic defensive tackle, very you know long lean guy, who will be a, a force, and and I think the that Derek Brown makes the most sense here. He's going to help the Jaguars, kind of get back to where they were a few years ago when they were trying to you know beat the Patriots in that AFC Championship game, uh, going into the Super Bowl against the Falcons. 
Yeah, so I think the, you know, obviously the Jacksonville Jaguars have had a very rough go of it, right? So I, I mm-hmm. have Derek Brown going to them as well. Uh, many of their defensive stars have demanded that they want to be traded or they want out of their contracts. Ownership was forced to cut ties with uh, Tom Coughlin, who was the president of football operations. Um, the Nick Foles experiment didn't work. Um, you know, it's a lot of things have gone sour very quickly in Jacksonville. Like you said, it's only a couple of years that we're removed from them competing to get into the Super Bowl and now they're in full rebuild mode. It's just it's it's weird how fast things can happen. You talked about the build the rebuild that Miami's doing. It's the complete mm-hmm. opposite that Jacksonville's happening uh, having right oh, yeah. now. Um, oh, yeah. So I have Derek Brown going there as well. I think you hit the nail on the head. Yannick Ngakwe, Josh Allen on the opposite side. That edge is going to be solidified. You need that guy in the middle. Calais Campbell was that guy. Marcel Darius, they traded for him. He he was that guy. Um, They're both not on the team as of right now. Um, Obviously, Calais Campbell was traded, so he won't be back on the team. Uh, Marcel (laughs) Darius could still come back, but who knows. Um, my pro comparison for Derek Brown, um, you got to hit the way back machine, but uh, Chris Jenkins. Now, uh, if you remember Chris Jenkins, he was a 3-4 defensive tackle who just mauled interior offensive lines um, and was just an absolute terror for offensive coordinators. Uh, he really penetrated the offensive line, got a lot of good pressure on passing downs, and then he was able to take up two or three blocks uh, in in the running game as well, so he was really to, uh, able to hold his own. I, I see a lot of that in Derek Brown. He's able to uh, move uh, both laterally and vertically. Um, he can do everything that you need him to do as far as um, – you know, putting up, putting pressure, taking on blocks. Um, he's extremely athletic, and I think he's going to uh, single-handedly disrupt the interior of many offensive lines that Jacksonville has to see. Yeah, the yeah, I've it's pretty you know positive. You know what the what their needs are here, and that this is you know way bigger than any other one. People might have Jordan Love going here, but. The Gardner Minshew, you know, they're going to ride or die by him this season. Uh, they need linebacker help, but if Isaiah Simmons is gone here, is there really another linebacker who's worth the ninth overall pick? Not really. Um, they they have other holes, but the, no one is worth this pick more than um, uh, more than Derek Brown. I think that you know he 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 is going to help them out a lot. Um, and they are are going to be a strong. They're they're super young. They're going to be super strong defensive line for a long time, and and a great piece for this team to build around. Now that they are pretty much in full rebuild mode. And talking about another team that's in full rebuild mode, at ten <laughs> we have the the uh, Cleveland Browns, and I think that we're we're we have to be at the end. I think this is the answering time for everybody who is part of the Browns organization. Everything needs to culminate here. You've gone out. You've gotten Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham. You've gotten the coach that you should have gotten last year in Kevin Stefanski. You have the right GM put in place. You have everything you need. I, I think this is this is a pivotal moment for the Browns, and I think that they have one major issue, and it looks like you and I have the same player going here. Um, Nick, why don't you talk a little bit about him? Okay, so I if, you know, Correct me if I'm wrong, but we both have Mackay Becton yeah. uh, going here. 
This man is absolutely insane. I love this guy. I think he is going to be just un unreal in the next level. I he is going to bully everybody. Everybody. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Chase Young, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, I, uh, Khalil Mack. I don't care. He's going to make you look tiny. He's going to flick you around like you're a booger or something like that. You know, not to be gross, but he is insane. This man at six foot seven, six foot eight, whatever you want for his measurables, 360 plus pounds. This guy is going to eat you alive. He is able to, he has unreal athleticism. He played basketball in high school, uh, was, uh, you know, dunking. I know at six foot eight, you're tall, but you know, he's dunking, he's running up and down that court. He's moving around. He's not just sitting there underneath the basket, you know, blocking people or anything like that. He is jumping. He's moving. He is extremely athletic. This guy can, he ran almost a, a, a five flat at the four on the 40 yard dash at the combine. At somebody his size, you don't see that. You just don't see that. And with somebody like this helping to protect, you know, um, uh, helping to protect um, Baker Mayfield um, with all those weapons you have there, you just got Austin. They're another team just like Miami who put in hundreds of millions of dollars into this offseason getting players, and they're still not done. It looks like Jadavion Clowney might be headed their way, you know, right after this draft is concluded. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But, you know, this Browns team is ready to roll right now. They are ready to take back this division, something they haven't done in a very long time. Uh, and Mekhi Becton is going to help solidify this offense. They got, um, I can't remember his name, the right tackle, for, uh, Jack Conklin, from the Tennessee Titans in the offseason for the right side, who's one, a top five right tackle in the league. Now go get yourself one of the biggest offensive linemen um, outside of Trent Brown. And put him on the left side. No one is messing with this offense. No, you're not going to touch Baker Mayfield this season. He's going to have as much as much time as he wants to throw the ball to Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, David Njoku, Odell Beckham Jr. Keep naming players. <laughs> Nick Chubb, I'm sorry I forgot him. It's just unreal what this team is doing, where they've come from, and, and what they've put together. Uh, the Mackay Becton is the answer that they've been looking for, and he's going to be everything that we've wanted and are hoping to see from him. Yeah, and, and so uh, I don't want to cut you off, um, but um, real quick, my NFL comparison, like I mentioned, Trent Brown. He's the only physical person or physically um, sizable person to compare Trent uh, to compare Mackay Becton to because he, I believe he's six eight, like 380, 390 pounds. Um, that has you know ballerina to a uh, feet. Uh, he's able to move around, and that was helped out by Dante Scarnecchia and the Patriots uh, when he was there for a year. And you know what we we see, you know, he's continuing that with Oakland. But that's what Mackay Becton is going to be able to do with the Cleveland Browns. So you need well, to put a, j a dollar in the jar because you just said Oakland. It's the Las Vegas oh, Raiders, sir. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, you're right. Uh, it's it was a, you know, we talked about it when we first brought up the Browns enough is enough. This is the time where everything that they've done all their, uh, you know, tanking and everything else. This is the final culmination. This is what needs to happen. You need to solidify that offensive line. They're probably, like you said, they're a top front runner right now to go get Jadavion Clowney. They're going to solidify the defensive line, which would be 
incredible, and we'll talk about that on another podcast at another time. Makai Becton, being six foot seven, three sixty five, he ran a five one forty, and he put twenty three reps up at the at, on the bench press, and he said he could have still gone, but he just wanted to show that he was strong. That's what he said. <laughs> Okay, so the man is, he is a man amongst boys. Let's just put it what it is, right? Um, I watched some film of him at Louisville. Um, he, it was apparent that Becton held his own in all phases of the game. Um, he was able to create Mack truck-sized holes in the running game. Um, get his, he was able to maneuver his body uh, in the passing game. He's got that quick footwork. And a lot of people are, are concerned with the, his size and being able to block somebody who can do a really good dip move, right? He can lower his sense, uh, his, uh, his center, uh, of gravity. center of gravity, thank you, um, to a point where he doesn't need to worry about that. He's not overreaching. He's not, um, you know, leaning forward. He, he is able to sink his hips and really get his meaty paws on the defensive end that he's going to have to block. And like you said, you know, they added Jack Conklin to the other side. So as a defensive uh, coordinator, you're going to have to decide where are you going to attack this defense because or this offensive line because you have two behemoths on each side and then you have the center of the offensive line is pretty solid as well. So I the Cleveland Browns are in a very unique position and I think if they don't get Mackay Becton here, if they don't solidify this left tackle position, they're going to be kicking themselves for another 20 years uh, as to why they couldn't have protected somebody like Baker Mayfield and couldn't have gotten Odell Beckham Jr. the ball. I think they enough is enough. They need to really just make it happen and solidify the left side of that line. Uh, obviously, my pro comparison is Trent Brown. Again, the measurables are pretty much there. He's just faster and younger. Um, yeah. It's it, it's kind of crazy to think that he could be so fast at, at, at such a big man, but somehow those humans exist among us, and uh, we just have to accept that fact. So Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's where we're going to have to wrap it up for now. Uh, we went through the top ten picks. Um, it's taken us probably a little bit longer than we wanted to, but we want we want to be as in depth as possible and, and truly let you know why we believe uh, the why we feel these picks will be picked at these uh, positions and why these teams will be looking at these specific players. Um, but you know, if you want to see more, definitely check out our website again. It's trashtalksportsmedia.com all one word trashtalksportsmedia.com uh, we have both of our mock drafts up there along with other articles we're continuously posting more articles and you know you can check out our our news feed uh, also check us out on twitter make sure you're keeping up to date on that let us give know us in the comments follow. exactly so give us a follow uh and you know if you're watching on youtube please subscribe you know make sure you you know hit the no notification bell so you know when we're going live it's going to be pretty much every tuesday night um so look forward to that uh from now on and you know just let us know what you think the the draft is eight nights away nine nights away uh this is exciting we're finally getting something in sports to actually look forward to and it w this is going to be one of the best drafts ever 
So there's going to be a lot to talk about, a lot to break down. So make sure you're tuned in and uh, you're, you know, ready, have everything set to know when, when we're uh, going live or, or posting next so you get the latest breakdown of everything. So make sure to keep up with us on, on everything. And we look forward to seeing you in the comments and talking to you guys. Uh, we'll talk, we talk to as many people as we possibly can. Um, so, you know, keep at it. Uh, you know, we, we love the support that we're getting and, uh, we, we can't, you know, we always look forward to, to giving you new content each and every week. So, uh, keep at it and, you know, we'll see you next week, guys.